Renaturing is bringing together all of the pieces of who we are at the deepest, most natural level to a cohesive, conscious whole. This means stripping away what we learned but doesn't serve us anymore. It means learning, relearning who we are and how to trust that. Because once we have that knowledge and trust, we get to be who we were always meant to be. It feels like freedom or coming home. It feels like predestiny because we stray so far becoming denatured in our effort to become modern day humans. I'm Betsy Kudlinski. I learned how to be a modern human. I did it and had all the things I was supposed to, but I was desperately sick and unhappy, lost. I felt trapped in a cage, but I couldn't see the bars. Some part of me knew this was wrong. I knew I was meant for more, or at least something different. How could life possibly be about miserably trudging along until I died? This podcast is about the essential pieces in the process of renaturing. It's only about me in as much as my story can be helpful as a material example of renaturing. Really, it's about you and all of us. Return to your nature. Hi, I'm Betsy Kudlinski. I am here to talk to you about renaturing and freedom. And I'm gonna start by talking about me and how I got to this whole place. Um, I started, as most of us do, as David Copperfield. Oh, maybe not. Um, <laughs> I started um, in a family that had trouble just like everybody else, except we had our own version of trouble. In my case, um, my family got slammed with um, chronic illness early when I was four, and then when I was six, I had two members of my family get um, hit with chronic illness and it just kind of threw our entire little nuclear family into a whirlwind and we all have our own personalities everyone everywhere has our own personalities and then we have um, the way that we deal with things like that and then we have outside influences you know whether it's our parents or whether it's our culture telling us how we should handle stuff like that and putting all of those things together shapes who we become. And so I became such a good doobie. <laughs> like I followed every single rule there was. And so much so that it made me sick. It took 28 years to make me sick, but it made me sick, mind, body, and soul. And so for the last, 14, 14 years I've been digging out of that. And, you know, we've all got our stuff to deal with. And we all find our own way to deal with that. And my way to deal with that is renaturing and finding freedom and finding how to be free, have the freedom to do my own thing in life. And turns out my own thing in life is to help other people. And... I want them, I want everyone to have their own freedom. So that's my thing. I have this cool like co-host here. Brian's here with me. He likes to <laughs> listen to what I have to say. And um, he has a special purpose too. Part of, part of who I became about with being so good that it hurt me is 
I don't always articulate everything to its fullest. And so um, I'm hoping that Brian will help me um, when I'm when I'm not saying things fully, when I'm not explaining things as fully as I could. Are you down with that? Yep, I am. I'm, I'm like anyone else listening to this, I fan of your teaching. So you're to awesome. speak from a fan standpoint. That sounds great. Um, so when you and I first met, Brian, we met on your podcast, Conquering Everest, and um, you interviewed me. And then afterwards, we were talking and talking about my work. And you were talking about how this needed to be a podcast. And a long story short, we decided to do this together. And directly after that, I was just excited. This is just something to play with. It's so exciting to me to do something like this and talk about my work and just get stuff out there. And it crossed my mind that I should feel like an imposter to just go out there and start telling the world about my work. So we all know imposter syndrome. Brian, I'm sure that you have had imposter syndrome. And what it is, is us feeling like we don't deserve, or we don't know enough, or we don't, we, we aren't who we are trying to be. It's the fake it till you make it mm-hmm. is being an imposter, right? Like <laughs> we're taught to fake it till you make it. So be an imposter. And so this idea snagged me for half a second and I was like, no. And that's the first time in my entire life that that thought has gone past without catching. And I realized in retrospect that this is me. The stuff that I'm talking about on this podcast is me. It is all of me. It is directly rooted in me. Now it comes from a lot of different places. I've spent 15 years like going through this stuff and studying this stuff in the last like eight years or 10 years has been really deep, immersive stuff and, and getting deeper each year. And so it's not all my, it's not all from just looking within myself. You know, I read and I study and I um, talk to people and take classes from people. And so uh, the word that a lot of people use is lineage. My lineage is varied and um, I can point point to a lot of different sources that have been pivotal in my renaturing process. But when it comes down to it, it's me. It's just me. It's all of me. You get you get all of me in this podcast. And I'm deeply introspective and moderately funny. And I have a filthy mouth, especially when I get passionate about something. And that's what this is about. This is my passion. And so um, yeah, I'll probably get a little bit blue, not, <laughs> not for the under 15 crowd. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, except that these days, I mean, you've got kids these days. Yeah. Do they, does anybody keep their mouth clean around kids? Uh, they do around me, but yeah, no, I've, you know, I've heard, uh, on my youngest you know he likes to play video games with his friends and i've <laughs> i've heard him yeah a time or two and yeah he's you know <laughs> he knows those words <laughs> right 
but I'm not the type of parent that, you know, who am I to, you know, tell him not to use those words because I use them. (laughs) Yeah. And that's part of being genuine. And and as you were talking, you were talking kind of, or you were talking about having the imposter syndrome. You know, I, I think you're never an imposter unless you're going out of your way to not be at the, you know, at, at, at the root. And that was the right. one thing when we had a chance to talk on a couple of occasions uh, with my podcast, I was like, okay, this is, it's not something I completely understand, you know, the renaturing process, but I could tell that it was part of your soul. And and that's what really turned me on to the idea of learning more and understanding it more is because of your genuineness. So, you know, I think as, as, as long as you truly are, are going after something or doing something that brings you a great amount of joy, there's, there's never an imposter syndrome to worry about. That's, there's a learning curve. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a learning curve. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, that's not to say that your thoughts and ideas can't mature over time either, but people listening to this show, you know, what I would offer from, uh, you know, another listener, another fan's perspective is that you're going to get genuineness. It, it, this is not something that is scripted, uh, read out of a book. You know, this this is, you're going to get all of Betsy. So uh, anyways, just a little, throw that out there. Thanks, dude. <laughs> um, so just a quick overview of what the rest of the podcast is going to look like at least the first season um and i'm gonna do this in a in a version of telling you about my story and the pieces the pieces that fit together into what's going to make this podcast or at least the first season um as i mentioned we all have our challenges that we've gone through um developmentally you know what happened to us as children and then what's happened to us since then and so that's including things like trauma adaptations you know for me pivotal stuff was um dealing with the overwhelm of having two sick people in the house to one degree or another and the fact that that was where the attention was needed. The attention of the attention and to a certain extent, the care of the entire family needed to go towards the sickness in the, and the possibility for emergency, medical emergency. And so, you know, my adaptations were to take as little attention as I I possibly could, which was not good for, small child you know like it it's what anchored me in the that that um kind of defiant individuality that a lot of us carry it's the i can do it myself i don't need to ask for help because help is not forthcoming or because i don't want help the way that like my brother got help so um so I have patterns just kind of welded into me, molded into me for how I look at things and how I see things and how I react to things that weren't necessarily or wouldn't necessarily have been there under other circumstances. Um, they're not necessarily bad things, but a lot of them as I've looked at them aren't really useful anymore. It's okay to ask for help. It's actually a, a human thing to 
do things together. So it's actually really cool about doing this podcast with Brian. You and I get to do something together. I don't have to do something completely alone. I don't have to figure all of this out all at once to do this alone. It feeds right into my work on myself of collaboration and asking for and accepting help, which is really cool as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then, I'm sorry, did you have something? Nope, I was just agreeing with you. Ah. Um, and then, so we all have our personalities, right? You know, whether you're, you're looking at like astrology and um, archetypes or whether you're looking at being an introvert or being a perfectionist, you know, like everybody's got their ingrained nature type personalities, nature as opposed to nurture. And then you get nurtured one way or another or traumatized or taught by culture and society and school system and your parents about what you're supposed to say or not say or do or not do or how you react to everything. And then that all combines together with your actual personality and what you um, would have normally done to accentuate things. And again, this isn't necessarily who you would have been for with a blank slate and blank slates don't exist, but were they to exist, that would be what I call your true nature. It's your personality and like who you are at your very core. Brian, I, I think that you, you had a really cool idea of what uh, true nature looked like. I, um, mm -hmm. Do you remember what, what I'm talking about? Your little, um, your vision? Kind of, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked a lot about a lot. <laughs> right, we have. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about the little barefoot child. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, tell me about him. So, <clears throat> for me, you know, as a young three, four, five-year-old, um, you could never get shoes on me. I would just run outside and play, you know, I, I you know, barely, probably barely dressed. Um, but I, I just love to go outside and play and it was total freedom. And I just run around the yard and, you know, never every now and again, you know, my step on a rock, it's just kind of like, gotcha, okay, whatever. But I, I, it never stopped me from playing. But then one day I stepped on something to this day. Don't still don't know what it truly was. Um, but it didn't stop me from playing, but then later the foot began to get infected. And so I had to go to the doctors and then that, that whole process of being a, you know, four, five-year-old somewhere in that range. I mean, that was terrifying to me. And I have this doctor with a pair of scissors getting ready to root out whatever was in my foot. And yeah, it was just so traumatizing. But then after that, it was like, you know, and of course you got your parents saying, well, you should have been wearing shoes and this and that. So it, after that, I don't remember having that freedom as a child again, where I, 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 this time now around, I had to put on shoes mm -hmm. and cause I didn't want to end up in, in this traumatic state. And so it created this fear. It, 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 it disabled a part mm -hmm. of my mind or re reprogram a part of mind. And I've had lots of, as I look back through history, there's been lots of little episodes where I've seen that programming come into place to. Isn't take that me interesting? From, yeah. And then you're no longer your true self. You're just right. 
you're, you're kind of a hodgepodge of what everybody expects you to be or tells you because everybody's quick to tell you what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. But they, I think they, especially when you're a kid, see, I told you so. Don't do this. Yeah. But they're not very quick to say, that's okay. You just, so you stepped on something. Yeah. Bears, that's one time. How, how long you've been running around barefoot outside? Keep running yeah. around barefoot. Yeah. We can go to the doctor. We can get this fixed. It's no big deal. Yeah. 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 And that was just, I think that was, that's probably my earliest memory of that conditioning that ultimately, you know, I found myself as a, you know, 40 year old with severe depression. <laughs> I yeah. think it was just in the culmination of putting exactly. on these different masks and yeah. exactly. I was, touch. I was 28 when I got sick and then it still took me years to like just years of battling through and ignoring my body and ignoring the stacked up fear and anger and dis-ease that was within me. So it became disease. Um, I mean, that's trite to say. And on some level, it's completely true that I was trained to put others over myself. I was, um, you know, and it was partly my personality. And I was trained to um, do all the things, you know, we're all in that society. We know the things. And yet at the same time, we don't see them. And so what, what I started to do 14 years ago was see, started. It took a long time. It took at least 14 years. It took six more years before I, um, like, for instance, saw that my marriage was really not good for me. And then I got out of it. But but starting 14 years ago, I had a little spark. For me, it was a book and a Broadway musical <laughs> that just, I don't know, gave me this lifeline, this little spark of the idea that I didn't have to live like this. I didn't have to be so miserable. And, and then it got worse because I had seen hope and couldn't figure out how to get there. Um, so I, I, it got bad enough for me that I was feeling suicidal. Um, and, and I kept digging it, it felt like I was going down, but it was coming up at that point. Um, and I, I guess the first time that, so, so all these seeds had taken hold and they were starting to grow roots where I wasn't seeing them. Um, eight years ago, I made a huge change in my body by noticing my body <laughs> and really beginning the healing process of the, my body itself and notice it and finally deciding that it wasn't just my body it is not just a vehicle for my mind. It became much more um, about how I live within it. So first I changed my body. And then since then I have changed body, mind, soul, body, mind, soul. And it's like, it's been in like a constant spiral, you know, every, every always going up, but you know, things keep coming back around. I'm going to guess that you know how that works, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there a time or two. Yeah. And it, you keep coming back to the same stuff, but you're always in a slightly different spot. Right. Right. And it's kind of cool. Like you're like, okay, why am I back here? Well, I'm not back here. It's not the same spot at all. It just feels like it is. Yeah. It, it's similar, but it's the landscape has changed slightly. Right. Right. You get back. Yeah. 
and you start it uh, to me that's what starts to get exciting when you're back to the same place and you realize it's not the same place the landscape has changed a little bit and it, it gives me purchase it gives me handholds it gives me hope that there's further to go and that i've come a ways so for me it was working on my body and then working on my mind i'm i've always been really good at contemplation and intellectualization so um i always kind of retreat to thoughts and learning about stuff learning about um concepts and science and so coming to the soul part of that has been slower and just as fundamentally changing and that's where that's where renaturing really took when i was able to start working on almost a spiritual level of realizing that we need the mind body to be one and you know like i, I i'm not religious and so speaking of soul ends up i'm not thinking of the ethereal foggy thing that leaves our body when when we die i'm i'm thinking I, I tend to think of soul more like um our spark our our consciousness um it's funny, huh? funny that you said i said it's funny that you said spark because as you were trying to come up with the word that's what came up in my mind oh cool it's, like, it's, it's that spark that initial flame that lights up right right yeah. and then we cover it up right yeah we cover it up, put it out. So it's coming back to that. It's coming back to wholeness. It's coming back to our nature, our true nature. And becoming that creative little boy walk, running around barefoot with mm -hmm. sticks in his hair. It's coming back to that potential. And understanding that we've learned a lot since then. And so it's, it's a great big combination of like a maturing of that potential and um it's it's allowing our energy to flow it's allowing us to feel the freedom of being who we are um one of the things that i do whenever i feel um triggered or when i'm feeling depressed or anxious um i always feel trapped and so that's why, to me, the antithesis of feeling bad is feeling freedom. Because when I feel bad, I feel trapped. And so that's like a big theme. I'm trapped, you know, we are trapped in, in our culture. We're trapped in our lives. We're trapped, you know, like in our spaces. And that's, that's a primitive feeling of not being able to away not being able to fight or flight yeah. <laughs> we can't we can't fight it and we can't run away from it and so to me i think you know i tend to think of being trapped as that feeling of freeze the trauma response of freeze i think i probably did a lot of it yeah <laughs> but that's how that's how it works for, for me so we do all these we have all these challenges that have like heaped on top of us right. and so the thought is renaturing. The thought is finding freedom. The thought is so that you can walk your own path 
And you know, it's funny, I was about to say the path that you were meant to, but I don't, I also don't believe in predestiny. It's like, it's who we are. It's that, that potential that's matured now gets to walk their own path. And I know for me, that just feels like freedom. The thought that I get to walk my own path. It's the, uh, for me, the, the, the analogy I've created since we started talking is the being able to stand naked in the rain and not care. Like there's nobody to judge you. There's there. You're, you're just absorbing nature to earth. You're just enjoying. I mean, playing in the rain can be a lot of fun. Most of us don't do it. Why? Why not? It is fun. It's funny. Um, so I, I've been a nature lover since I was little and nature being anything being like interested in mother nature, because that's what we always think of, you know, like the woods and the chipmunks and the or ground squirrels, um, the birds. I'm a, I, I love birds. And um, so mother nature, but then I've been great big lover of animals forever also, you know, in any way, shape or form that I could find them. And, um, and, and then also in human nature, that has encroached into my studies, figuring out how we work, and then um, bringing that together with animal nature and mother nature. Um, but the other thing that I have, so, so in loving animals, um, I was a zookeeper, and, um, and then I've also spent quite a long time as a farmer. And one of the reasons that I call this renaturing and not rewilding is because rewilding tends to be uh, like introducing predators to the area. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it also, it gets politicized. It gets, um, I wanted something that was for me, <laughs> a handle for me that was less, had less baggage. And, and I also, um, I think of renaturing as the counterpoint to denaturing, which is a chemical process. But um, I, I like in the farming world, there is sustainable farming and now regenerative farming. And um, our culture, modern farming, strips everything living and all the good stuff out of the soil. And you know, puts it into food so that we can eat it, but nothing goes back into the soil. And so it's like the scorched earth thing. And there are ways that I, I picture that like parts of me have just been stripped away or had been stripped away. And, um, I wasn't able to access the nutrients. Like it was just scorched. I was just a scorched earth thing and I needed to be renatured. And, I actually, I really like the um, yin yang that we're using for this podcast because it reminds me of regenerative farming. You take this scorched earth and you just bring it back to where it should be. It's literally building soil and then growing amazing things on it and having those amazing things have deep enough, strong enough roots to hold us steady while we reach out to other people and while we nourish other people, we're not scorching our own selves. Right. 
a cycle of give and take. Yes, but not forgetting ourselves. Right. It's the truly anchored within ourselves, our own nature, in order to give fully. I find that to be awfully important and the way to be whole. I want to give. I am made to give and receive and collaborate and be whole. And so are you. Support this podcast through the link in the episode description and get a chance to hear post-episode conversations. Help me decide on content and future guests. Ask questions, get answers. In the meantime, check out my website. Links can also be found in the description. I'm a freedom guide. If what I'm talking about, about renaturing and freedom and walking your own path, makes you tingle all over or cry or jump up and down, I'm available and would be delighted to work one-on-one with you.